am just incredibly glad to have you today. I think that God has given me an incredible message for you, for your family. And then at the conclusion, you notice that we have a baptism. How do you do that in phase one uh, of quarantine? Well, we just do it one at a time. We do one at a time, you know, one one per service, and we'll dump some bleach in there. And uh, <laughs> so people will go in with maybe some brown shorts and get out with some rusty colored shorts, and they're going to wonder why. It's chemicals. We had to kill it. How many of you know that the that, that God's work doesn't stop because of a virus? Amen. At God's work, his will, his promises, none of it stops. And so and we've had it just, to be honest with you, I've had a blast. I've enjoyed making my staff do things that they have never done before. You know, I've enjoyed asking Jen and the worship team to get up on scaffolding and, and sweat and sing and a, a, an associate pastor get up on that scaffold on Wednesday nights and 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 you know what I've asked of our a lot of our youth pastor uh, Victor Kennison uh, and man you know what he, he's he's really juggling things because we don't have children's ministry right now and as you know he he leads that and Chris Oser and they've been putting these videos together doing all these amazing things and it's really it's been really hard on him I had somebody actually send me a message this week are you going to have children's service my, my children are going stir crazy and, and are wanting so desperately get, to get back in. And, and so we're hoping that in a couple of weeks, in phase two, that might look different. We may be able to open up some of our children's services so long as your kids can keep from getting within that six-inch range that they always get into and tackle and spit and all the stuff that, that little boys and girls do. But you're working with us, and I appreciate that. So today I wanted to encourage you. I know it's Memorial Day, and, and you know what? I, I, you know that I, I being in the military and having been in the military, I never fought in war. Uh, I was uh, serving during peacetime. But I understand the value of what it means for someone to give their life for your freedom and for mine. And you know what? I, I think that we have freedom to come together to worship God, to praise God. And then you know what? There's this whole thing of the separation of church and state. So really that shouldn't enter in. Well, really that was there not to protect uh, the state from the church, but the church from the state. And I'll just tell you that I am incredibly patriotic and I am thankful for the men and women that have given their lives for our freedom. And I think that it would be appropriate for us today to stand and say the Pledge of Allegiance because of the great nation that we live in. If you would stand with me, if you would just place your hand over your heart just like you did in school and when we're in uh, the stadiums. And let's say this together. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Father God, we're praying right now for this great nation. We pledge to a flag. We pray for our leaders. And Lord God, we're praying for guidance, direction. Lord, there is so much that's going on. We pray that you would expose the truth in Jesus' name. And we're praying, Lord God, that revival would hit this nation regardless of what politicians do or don't do. We're praying, Lord God, for an outpouring of your spirit so strong that it can't be contained inside the church. We're praying, Lord God, that you would just take this nation to new levels. Lord, we've prayed this. We're praying this. And Lord, right now we wonder why we aren't seeing it. And I believe it's because we're in 
the gap that I'm about to talk about. Help us to stay true and stay strong and, Lord, not lose heart and anticipate, Lord God, your answer to our prayers for revival for this great nation that we live in. Thank you, Lord, for those that are mourning the loss of a loved one, of a grandfather, a father, or a mother, Lord God, or a grandmother, or maybe it's a, maybe it's a child that they lost, Lord God, as they are fighting for the freedom of this nation. May their hearts be encouraged. Maybe it's someone who fought alongside someone, and Lord, they lost that loved one. That Lord, that, that fellow soldier that was there with them, that fellow sailor that was there, my prayer, Lord God, is that you would encourage them today to know that we as a church appreciate their sacrifice in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated today. Today, you'll notice uh, the, the screen up there says that the, the message of today's title is The Gap. What gap? And you just heard me pray about some gap. We're praying, we're waiting. What is that? That's called a gap. I want you to hear this funny story. I, whether it's completely true or not, I'm not really sure, but it's a great story. It's a story of a Texas beer joint that sued the church. In a small Texas town, Mount Vernon, Drummond's Bar began construction on a new building to increase their business. The local Baptist church started a campaign to block the bar from opening with petitions and prayers. Work progressed right up to the week before opening when lightning struck the bar and it burned to the ground. Now the church walked, uh, the church folks were, were rather smug in their outlook after that until the bar owner sued the church on the grounds that the church was ultimately responsible for the demise of the building either through direct or indirect actions. Because they prayed that God would close the building, they were blaming the church. And the church vehemently denied all responsibility or any connection to the building's demise in its reply to the court. You can't prove that we struck your building with lightning. That's ridiculous. As the case made its way into the court, the judge looked over the paperwork. At the hearing, he commented this. I don't know how I'm going to decide this, but, but as it appears from the paperwork, we have a bar owner who believes in the power of prayer and an entire church congregation that doesn't. Right? It's confusing. We're confused here. As this case made its way all the way through the court, you, you see how it happens, right? How many of you know that prayer works, right? How many of you know that prayer works? And it shouldn't be shocking to us when, when God answers prayer. I mean, think about it. We, we know that prayer works, but it doesn't always work the way that we anticipate it working. Wouldn't it be amazing that if, if you're praying for something today and it's waiting outside for you, you see, that God waited all the way up until they were just about to go into that building before he took that building down. And in that gap, there was a gap between the first day of prayer and when God actually took care of it and answered their prayer. There's this gap, and, and at times in that gap, gap, we lose heart. Maybe we get discouraged because that prayer isn't answered the moment that we pray it. And it's, it would be funny. I mean, it's impossible. God's not going to give you everything that you want. Maybe today you're needing money. Wouldn't it be nice if you pray, Lord God, I'm praying for this certain amount of money, and you go in, and there's an envelope in your glove compartment in your car, and, and there it is. You prayed for it. 
You know what? Maybe you're praying for a spouse, for a godly husband, and, and you walk out today. Lord, I'm praying for a godly husband. And, and you walk out, and there he is leaning up against your car, the perfect, good-looking Christian gentleman who's single, who's kept himself for you, and he asks you, how you doing? Right? Answered prayer. Praise God. Answered prayer. I mean, that's what we expect. That's, how, that's what we want, and that's how we think that it should be. But it doesn't work like that, does it? It doesn't happen like that. Lightning doesn't strike the moment that you ask. And that's good because there would be a lot of parents that would be dead after their rebellious kids have prayed that God would strike them dead, right? Or there would be a lot of people married to their third grade teacher if God answered every prayer all the time. I want to talk to you today quickly about the upper room discourse Jesus' final message. Because in this, in this final message, he said so many amazing things. If you want to read Christ's final message, it's called the upper room up discourse because they were in that upper room sharing that last meal. And Jesus began to share with his disciples that what was important. In chapter 14, we see he says, I'm leaving, but I won't leave you alone. Next week is Pentecost Sunday, and we celebrate the Holy Spirit. Jesus promised a comforter. He was comforting his disciples in in chapter 14. I'm leaving, but I'm not going to leave you alone. In in chapter 15, we see some amazing discourse as well. He says, now, I want a new relationship with you. There's vines, there's branches. You'll get your, your sustenance from me, and we see the importance of this. And Jesus shares that with his disciples. In chapter 16, he reprises what is what he said about the Holy Spirit in in chapter 14, and then he closes with an illustration about a woman giving birth and how how painful it is and how long the wait is, right? Nine months, and then pain at the end, but eventually she holds in her arms this baby and she's rewarded, and then he gives the scripture that I want to share with you today, which is John chapter 16, verses 23 through 24, and this is what Jesus said about prayer. He's speaking to his disciples, and he said, In that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask in, in the Father, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Everybody say will. He didn't say he might give you. He didn't say he could give you. He said that he will give you. Now listen, he says, until now, in verse 24, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. Some of you, I would, I would venture to say all of you at this point, you're praying for something you've asked, but you haven't yet received. And you're wondering why. I mean, we pray as a, as a church for revival in this nation. We've asked, but we haven't received. We're praying for a complete end to this virus so that we don't, my two-year-old granddaughter is asking us regularly, is the virus gone? Is the virus gone yet? It's all in our minds and in our hearts, but here's the thing. I, I want you to understand the importance of this. Because you see, there's a lot of people who lose heart. There's a lot of people who get frustrated 
There was a man named Paul Johnson who interviewed Charles Darwin. You guys know Charles Darwin. He's basically the father of evolution, which is now in, in all of the public schools. And, and that's there to basically eliminate the fact that there could be a God. You go into colleges, it's, it's, there's, it's, there's no mention of intelligent design or creation. They have all moved to this. And, and if you read his account of, of, of the interview and the time that he spent with Charles Darwin, this is what you'll find. He found that Darwin didn't start life as an atheist. And he didn't become one after visiting the, Galap- the Galapagos Islands, studying wildlife and seeing microevolution, and then decided that there wasn't a God. In fact, you'll find that at one point in his life, he actually considered going to seminary. His wife and he, they served the Lord. There were times that he mentioned God, and even in his interviews, he would often mention God. What happened in his life, that he would get to the place where he would declare that there's no God. You see, he was a father of ten. And he lost his faith in God when his tenth child died of a certain illness, and his prayers for that child were not answered. Darwin fell off in the gap. The gap between asking and receiving. He literally denied that God existed because of the pain of his loss. Now, many of you have experienced this. And I'm not saying that that pain isn't hard. And I'm not saying that that pain isn't difficult. And you shouldn't feel that pain or that you should grieve. Because grieving is a part of who we are. But today what I'm telling you is don't fall off in the gap while you're waiting to receive the answer of why. Some of that gap could be very short. Sometimes that gap is very wide and very long. And I want to talk to you about that gap. I prayed, Pastor Brian, he didn't answer. There must not be a God, and if he exists, he isn't concerned about me. The gap can cause us to be discouraged, it can make us feel abandoned, and it can cause us to be disappointed. Well, why on earth doesn't God just answer our prayers then? Because hold on, God is doing something in your life. Why the gap? Why not just give me what I want when I want it? Oh, wait a second. That, that, I mean, what would you tell your child if they came and asked you that? Well, why wouldn't you just give me what I want when I ask for it? And yet we, for some reason, feel that as Christians, we can do that to our Heavenly Father. We don't just give our children what they want when they want it. And if you do, could you please go and talk to my parents and tell them that they messed up? As parents... (laughs) You see, I didn't get what I wanted when I wanted it, and it made me who I am today. It built, it built my character. It helped me to develop discipline in my life. You see, here's the thing. You need to hold on because God is doing something. Why the gap? Let me establish something about God right now. He is a good, good father who knows your past, your present, and your future. His plan is perfect, and his will will be done in your life. And what you have to understand is God will never give you something or someone that you were not ready for. 
He is more interested in the journey before he is the answer. He's more interested in your journey than he is your answer. Pastor Brian, are you preaching a better message in in, in service too? Yes, in, in, in the second service, I'm preaching that you get what you want when you want it. No one likes this, but the fact is, it's true. It's there. I'm going to read this, and then we're going to pray because we have a baptism today. God will never give you something. Listen, you are not ready for. Our frustration is so misguided that the delay is not him. You see, you have to understand where our frustration is misguided because we think it's God, and really, it's us. The delay is not in him but us and our growth and our maturity. His desire is for you and I to grow and to be more mature. Pastor Brian, I've been in this for 35 years. There's no more growth in me. Oh, yeah, let's go and pray that to the Lord and see what he says about that. Right? That's where the delay is. That's where the gap is. Because God is a good father. Because God is a father and he is a good father. Listen to this. He won't give you a position or a possession that you would lose or sabotage due to your own immaturity. Just like a good father. You see, it's not the thing that you get. It's the journey that you get to get you ready for the thing that you asked for. You pray the journey begins. You pray the journey begins. You pray the journey starts. And sometimes it's a short journey. Sometimes it's a long journey. Let me help you understand where I'm coming from. Some of you are asking for peace in your home, and he's working on your anger and issues and teach your anger issues and teaching you to be patient, loving, caring. You're praying for God to restore your marriage, and he wants you to learn how to be a submissive wife. Oh. With a gentle and quiet spirit, which is pleasing to the Lord, all biblical, by the way. Not Brian Belak's thoughts. He's trying to teach you as a husband to love your wife as much as you love yourself, giving honor to your wife and dwelling with her with understanding. Lord, can't you just fix my marriage? Well, he can't do that without fixing you. And maybe you're sitting here thinking, no, that's not the case. He needs to fix them. It doesn't work that way. Maybe you're praying that you would stop giving into certain temptation and falling into the same trap over and over. And God is trying to teach you how to hide his word in your heart and use it in those situations to be victorious over that situation. Maybe you're praying for a promotion or a raise and God is trying to teach you the value of trusting him with your finances and obeying his command to give of tithes and offerings and to trust him. I've heard people say, I'm just praying for this promotion so that I can start tithing. Tithing. <laughs> you see, the God's, God's formula for that is if you're faithful over the small things, he'll make you ruler over the big things, over much. You see, you're never, but Lord, I just need you to fix my finances because I want to be a giver. 
And God is saying, you know what? you got a journey to take, and that journey is going to help you to understand that you need to be a giver now no matter what's in the bank account. Oh, Pastor Brian, you benefit from that. No, listen, it's more than just tithes and offerings, but it's generosity to the poor. There are some of you that give to ministries, and I never see that. Right? There are some of you that, that give to others, and, and it doesn't go through, and you don't get tax credit for it. That's the kind of giving that I'm talking about. You're praying for a prodigal child to return, and God is teaching you how to trust in him and to be less judgmental towards others. Sometimes pain is the best teacher if that pain draws you to his word and causes you to trust in him therefore brethren we glory in our tribulation because tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope and hope does not disappoint maybe you're in that gap maybe you're right there. I know this is short and sweet, and I'm sorry, but I've got children in here, and their attention span is, you know, just tiny, and some of the children are 40 and above. But I like to just get to the point in these times, and I think that this point is driven. What did he say? Ask anything. Ask the Father of anything in my name and you shall receive. Ask and you shall receive. But sometimes there's a gap. And I want to pray for you if you're in that gap. I want to pray for God to be with you. I want to pray that God would give you the patience, that God would, that your ears and your heart would be attentive to what it is that he's trying to teach you. You know what, man, Lord, help me to get along with my wife. And the Lord is teaching you that that anger doesn't bring about the righteousness that God desires for your life. That you shouldn't even sit with an angry man unless you learn his ways. Lord God, you know what, I'm, the Lord is always in teaching mode. And when you submit to that teaching mode and you learn what he's trying, it changes your perspective, it changes you. There is a weight that's off of your shoulders. And I can tell you, my wife and I have prayed for a lot of things through the course of our 25-year marriage. And I can't tell you that at any moment did we ever get the immediate response and answer. Jenny and I have learned a lot. She has learned a lot more than I have. There's still a lot of learning left on my end. But I want to encourage you, don't fall off in the gap. Don't become discouraged. Don't lose heart. Don't get frustrated. Trust me, he's working on it. More importantly, he's working on you. Because again, God's not going to give a promotion or a possession to someone who might lose it due to their immaturity. The other thing that I want you to know is, before he gives it to you, he's going to want to make sure that you're going to give him all the glory for receiving it. Amen. So, Father, I'm just praying for us today. I'm asking, Lord God, that you would help us. And I know that I, there is testimony after testimony of people that have lost sleep in the gap. People that have lost sleep to the point that when you answered their prayers, they got up and said, why on earth did I lose that sleep? There have been people that have been crippled by fear in the gap, crippled by anxiety in the gap, people that have lost relationships in that gap. My prayer, Father, is that you would mature us as a church. 
to mind the gap, to allow you, Lord God, to, to teach us, to train us, to help us to grow. And Father, I'm asking that you would just be with those who are in the gap, praying for something and yet they haven't received it yet. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Today, you say, that's me, Pastor Brian. I'm in the gap. Pray for me for strength because, you know what, I'm a little discouraged or maybe I'm growing a little impatient or maybe I'm not trusting the Lord like I should. Help me, Lord, to, to, to know what it is that you're trying to teach me and teach me to, to grow in that because it's important that God would restore my marriage, that he would restore our finances, that he would bring home the prodigal, that he would heal my child, my, my husband, whomever. Today you're in the gap and it's frustrating. I want to pray for you. How am I going to do that? I'm just going to ask that you would have enough faith right now to stand right where you are so that we can pray together. You're in the gap. You're waiting for God to answer a prayer. You need God's help and strength to make it through the gap because you're waiting and you're waiting. And Lord, help me through it. Come on, this isn't a time to be embarrassed. Just because you're in the gap doesn't mean that you doesn't mean that you're full of sin and you're a sinner. If you're in the gap, it just means that you're in a place of testing and you're just asking for prayer to strengthen you through that testing. That's all this is. And if I can intercede for you, man, that's one of the greatest prayers that I'll pray. Father, you see everyone who's standing right now, Lord God, they are in that gap. They have asked and they are waiting to receive. And Lord, my prayer is that you would strengthen them and prepare them and help them, Lord God, to be patient and to know, Lord God, that you have a you have the answer. The answer is waiting. But Lord God, they are in that journey. And sometimes that journey is very difficult. And sometimes pain builds character. And a little pain builds a little character. And a lot of pain builds a lot of character. But Lord God, you are always about the business of building our character. Helping us to be patient. Helping us to be joyful in unjoyful situations. Helping us to be hopeful in unhopeful situations situations where there seems to be no hope where Lord God you were teaching us to love when we don't want to love forgive where we don't want to forgive Lord you are working on us and my prayer Father God is that you would begin to strengthen our resolve to take the journey between asking and receiving to not be afraid of the journey that you take us on because there's so many promises that are fulfilled in that gap the fact that you'll never leave us nor forsake us And Lord God, when we call on you, you're there. When we need strength, Lord God, your strength is made perfect in our weakness. And so I'm asking, Lord God, that you would give us strength in that gap. And that, Lord, that we know, that we pray and we ask, that we know, Lord God, that you're in the business of bringing it about. Because you said that if we ask, we shall receive. And we stand and we agree. Lord, you are teaching us. You are helping us. My prayer is that everyone standing right now would be willing, Lord God, to hear your call, to accept your instruction and change their lives to become more mature so that, Lord God, they can be trusted with the answer. Lord, we expect that that answer is on the way, but we also expect that you're going to teach us, help us to grow and mature through the process in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand because I believe that something as simple as this can help you. Don't lose heart in the gap. James, come on up here, brother man.